You're listening to Ottawa's Baseball Show. It's Around the Diamond with Diamond Dante and Mike Nellis on CKDJ 107.9, home of the Ottawa Champions. Welcome to the October 1st edition of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music and a little bit of a different flavor for this show. Of course, uh, the summer is now right behind us. The baseball uh, season is uh, just about its near end and going into the playoffs, of course, the Can-Am League season is now behind us. Not really anything going on there, so that's why we're going to be talking pretty much uh, Major League Baseball in this one. We do have an interview uh, scheduled later in the show. It's going to be Drew from uh, the... Uh, a famous Blue Jays podcast. He's uh, pretty known. He's been on Sportsnet before. He's pretty known for uh, his uh, very uh, good Blue Jays podcast, which he has on SoundCloud and iTunes, but we'll have to stay tuned for that. But right now, to lead off this segment, we have uh, two first-year students here at Algonquin College, two big baseball fans. We have uh, Josh Primu and Sam Cudmore, and uh, both of you guys are wearing Blue Jays hats here in the studio, so uh, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh... We are using two mics here, so we're going to have to switch the mic over when Josh is uh, turned to talk. But, of course, we'll start off with um, some sad news in the major leagues. Jose Fernandez, uh, he passed away in a, in a, boat, a boating accident last week at a very young age, tw- just 24 years old. And it's it's tough for not only everyone to, to swallow in the major leagues, but just for everyone that not even – you don't even have to be a baseball fan to kind of yeah. feel sorry about this one. Fernandez is a guy that was uh, was so loved in the community, and he was, as we were talking about off mic, was uh, just not only good to the community but just to the fan base, to his teammates, uh, came over from Cuba and, and made a big impact on the Miami Marlins uh, organization and only – he was only 24. Yeah, yeah, you know his his life was definitely cut way way too short. But uh, you know it was it was good that he got to play the game for for you know the little time that he did. He he made an impact for sure. And you know uh, like we were talking off uh, before before we started recording, uh, I think uh, a Jose Fernandez award is, is definitely something that will be good to to come to the major leagues if if they decide to do that. Well, yeah, and he he just brought so much passion to the game. You know, you you look at him, he's one of those guys that's genuinely having fun out there. Yeah. You know, he just. Like he he's a baseball player at heart, you know. He just, yeah, yeah. He he lives uh, he lives with a passion for the game, and it's nice to see for sure. So of course now we uh, we, we we speak of this Jose Fernandez uh, situation and, and of the passing of him, and uh, what a moment for D Gordon to hit that home run right yeah. right off the bat. I mean, he he bats from Fernandez's side with his helmet with his helmet switches to the next side. Of course, it's 2-0 now, and he hits a bomb to right field, yeah. which Gordon, no offense to him, but... He's not a home run hitter. No, not a home run guy no. at all. So, uh, I mean, I saw a whole bunch of uh, some tweets and some posts on social media saying, you know, that how, how is that even possible? Yeah, exactly. He, I, I read a quote that he said that uh, he was telling the guys after the game, like, uh, you know, like, they had some help there for sure. Um, he said he never hit a ball that hard, not far before, even in batting practice. So, so definitely... Uh, uh, you know, a touching moment there for sure. Like basically a storybook moment, really. Like how could you have scripted something like that where, you know, just, and, you know, D Gordon, a really good buddy of uh, Fernandez, obviously. So it's it's just a perfect storybook moment. So if they, so as as we mentioned before, the award that would be given to Fernandez, would you, or that be, uh, named after Jose Fernandez, yeah. would it be close to the Roberto Clemente award? I think it'd be quite similar, yeah. I I, I can't really touch on what the differences would be, but I, I do really think that uh, that there should be I an believe, award. And I believe from what I read, it was saying uh, it's the award given to the player or 
that uh, expresses you know passion for the yeah, game. Yeah, best embodies the the game really. There's a lot of them out there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. There's, uh, I believe. We got uh, Bryce Harper's a big one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, talking Blue Jays, uh, Kevin Pillar's up for the Roberto Clemente Award. Uh, he's right. he's a great guy for the game. He, you know, he plays with passion. He plays hard, and yeah, and he's good for the community. Yeah, he also wasn't a high draft pick going off Pilar, who were a guy who was drafted in later rounds, but just yeah. kind of stuck with it. You know, not a lot of guys that. You know, you hear about they get drafted in whatever the seventieth round, and they yeah. just kind of fall out of it because yeah, it's not exactly, yeah. not very likely you're going to make it uh, at that yeah. point. But well, when you you know, like when you go as low as Pilar did, uh, you know, playing AAA in Buffalo for for a number of years, and then you make yeah. it, you make it to the major leagues, and you make such an impact on it, and, and now you're you know you're starting center fielder for the for the Jays for almost coming up on two years now. Yeah, it's huge. One thing I want to mention is that obviously Oscar Tavares is a top prospect in the Cardinals organization. Two years also died in a car accident. So yeah. um, it, it's it's tough it's tough to say because Tavares was going to be a big part of the Cardinals organization. Jose Fernandez at 24 years old almost won the Cy Young at 21 if it yeah. wasn't for Clayton Kershaw, to be honest, yeah. and Johnny Cueto. Those are uh, two big names, but... You look at what he's been able to do, electrifying fastball. I think he could have been the best pitcher in the major leagues, hands oh, down. I think, yeah, yeah I agree. I, yeah, he, definitely a guy that could could have won a Cy Young, like multiple Cy multiple, Young awards. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, just electrifying stuff, like you said. Yeah. So now that, uh, I mean, how does this affect the Marlins organization going forward? They've had a lot of struggles since they won two World Series back in the, yeah. um, they, you know, they've lost a lot of corner pieces, but they also have, uh, I, I'd say the two big three guys, that they, the three guys that in that organization, uh, actually, no, four, Don Mattingly, yeah. uh, their manager, Jose Fernandez, Giancarlo Stanton, D. Gordon, yeah. uh, Christian Yelich, Marcelo Zuna, these are key pieces, but now they pretty much have to go out in the offseason and find pitching that's going to be almost impossible to find yeah. with, with the loss of one of the yeah, best. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be damn hard to uh, to replace that that guy for sure. Yeah, it, it'll uh, it's a big blow for sure. But well, I yeah, think it, he, he's kind of unreplaceable. Yeah, I think it, it really fuels him up though. Uh, you know, it gets him going. You have something to play for in the back of their minds. For uh, sure. On top of obviously, uh, you know, going the postseason potentially getting a ring. Well, they were in a wild card race as well. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Um, so now that we're we're kind of wrapping up this topic, I mean. What what can you say about it at the end of the day? Uh, the whole situation, just what they kind of did at the end, that everybody was wearing the number 16. It was not only a respect from the Marlins players, but the whole league, Cespedes, we saw. We saw David yeah. Ortiz crying. Uh, overall, a, a sad moment for all of baseball, and it goes back to... I'd say this is probably the worst moment in sports since Roberto Clemente. For Yeah, yeah, definitely. For baseball, at the very least, for sure. But it's a big blow to the sporting world, and, and I think uh, most major league teams, you know, they did a great job, uh, you know, paying tribute to him uh, with the, the videos. And, and I saw a lot of players wearing number 16 on their hats, just, you know, scribbled on with a Sharpie and stuff. So I think, uh, I think uh, they, they've done it justice for sure. Yeah, but, like, what about David Ortiz? That's huge. He was going to be honored uh, before the game, and he chose, you know, no, let's go with uh, Jose Fernandez. Yeah. Let's honor him. Like, that's such a huge thing to do. This guy was huge, hugely respected by, I yeah. mean, everyone in yeah. baseball. Yeah, I think he's a great, you know, same kind of idea as Jose Fernandez. He played played hard, and, and you know, pretty much everybody loved him, and, and he's uh, he will be missed in his retirement as well. Uh, obviously, not quite the same as as Fernandez, but but definitely, uh, you know, respectful gesture from him for sure. And now that we move on to David Ortiz um, off this uh, sorrow topic, of course, David Ortiz. I guess you could say another sad topic. Um, not 
going to be in the major leagues next year. He's retiring after the season, after the playoffs. Um, obviously, he wants to go out with a bang. He's had an unbelievable season, 123 RBIs, 30-plus home runs, uh, a good average this year. He leads the league in doubles. And at the age of 40, not and, showing and guy, any age. The guy with the size that he has. you know, 6'5". No, for sure, it's going to be tough to lose him. It's almost going to be hard to watch the Red Sox without Ortiz because he's been Ortiz. there so yeah. long. Yeah, well, I remember the first major league game I ever went to was at Fenway Park yeah. five or six years ago, and and he had a home run kind of right right in front of us, down a few rows, and and that's uh, you know it's always a memory I'll have uh, for the rest of my life, and and it was kind of you know huge to see in, in the first major league game I ever went to is uh, is a home run by someone as as uh, yeah, you know respected he, and well-known as David Ortiz. He's he's a ticket seller too, right? He's got that star power. I mean, I went to go another little anecdote. I went to a Jays game and he hit a smoke to home run off R.A. Dickey. I mean, you're not going to see that with most guys where they can just smack it out of the park whenever they want, you know? And with Ortiz, this is a guy that's putting good numbers up this year. Should he retire, to be honest? I think with all the uh, the celebratory videos that have been uh, you know put in his honor, I think if he doesn't yeah. retire, he'll be kind of kind of crucified. <laughs> but yeah. he'll be a little bit of a villain. But you know, I think uh, I think he's made the right call. He's had a he's had a fantastic career, and and he's going out on a good note. I think it's a good way to you know you know end the book on him. Good way to good way to go. Now the question is, does he play in the World Baseball Classic in 2017 for Dominican Republic? I think it's I think it's hard not to take him, especially after the season he had. But there's so many good first. Maybe a coach? Well, yeah, yeah, he could, yeah, yeah, kind of guy just just falls around almost like a mentor almost. Yeah, um, hype man on the bench or something. Yeah, <laughs> kind of like a bench coach. I want to say this. Um, one thing that I want to mention: a lot of people kind of got on Ortiz for breaking that phone. What a moment the Orioles did last yeah. week, <laughs> bringing out the phone yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> bringing out the phone. That he smashed. I mean, I'm surprised they kept it. Yeah. Like, did they? they oh, must, hold on. They this guy. Known. This guy broke this phone. He's gonna retire in three years from now. We're just gonna we're save just it. Gonna we're keep, just gonna keep yeah. it like in the in like the the boiler room inside Oriole uh, Camden Yards. You know, yeah. just keep it right there. No, no, no. You can't touch it. We got to give this to Ortiz. Like, I, I kind of thought that it was kind of uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of like I don't really think that that's the real phone. You I never, think it's just like a model. Know. It, it, it could wow. have been just a fake and as a gesture, but but definitely kind of funny. That's and pretty funny. Whether it's real or not, it's it's a good laugh and it's a you know yeah. it's kind of funny. Good way to remember him for, for sure. sure. So is that the way you remember him? Of course, one thing that I'm gonna miss with Big Poppy before we wrap up this segment is um, just all the. Uh, the emotion that he brought to the to the table. We see, you know, Bryce Harper and and Mike Trout and all these young stars bringing emotion to the game and and being, you know, superstars on the field. Big Poppy was a guy that um, didn't back down from umpires. He was always having fun. He was always not only having fun, but he was always so good to the community with the kids. We we speak of Jose Fernandez and what he did. Big Poppy over the course of his career, like I remember, he hit a home run this year and he gave a couple kids in the in the stands a hug right yeah. after he hit the home run. Like. Yeah. How many people do that? No, and uh, and again, there is another moment with him where he's there's O Canada playing and he's holding a baby. Right. Like how many how many people have you ever seen just holding a random baby at an, the Star Spangled Banner at, at a baseball game? You know, he's just one of those guys. Sam. Yeah, I'm like I I agree, guys. Like, uh, he's definitely gonna be missed and and. I think uh, most most of the teams that he's visited in the last little while have definitely done some kind of tribute to him, and, and they've done it all well. Uh, I'm I'm sure the uh, the Jays would have been 
doing one had the uh, the, the last series of the, of the season be at Toronto. Uh, I think they did one earlier, but uh, it'll be a good, you know, it'll be a fun way to end the season, uh, winning the pennant for him, and uh, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully he does well in the postseason, not not too well. Obviously, we want to see the Jays do a little bit more than him, but uh, but I hope he does well, and 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 he's got a, he's got quite a career. I think he's a Hall of Famer, no question. Absolutely, I think he's a Hall of Famer, and that's why we're going to take a quick commercial break. On that note, when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, some wild card. NL, AL, it's getting close. Uh, Cardinals, Giants, and uh, the AL East is also getting close with the Jays and Orioles. That's coming to Mexon around the diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Hi, this is Billy Horn from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome to the second segment of Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9. Ottawa's new music, uh, before we were talking, of course, uh, about the Jose Fernandez and David Ortiz uh, uh, retirements and Fernandez, of course, uh, passing away last week. But now we're talking uh, the wild card race. It's getting tight in the AL East and in the NL as the Toronto Blue Jays and Baltimore Orioles are tied at 87 and 72. Whereas you look at the NL, the Mets and San Francisco Giants, along with the Cardinals, are also neck and neck. Uh, I have Josh Primo and Sam Cudmore here with me in studio. And, uh, of course, we'll start off with going right to the AL. The Jays uh, took the first game from the Orioles and then lost the last two. The Orioles are now tied with the Jays in the wildcard standings. It's 87-72. and Yeah, you know what? I didn't think the Jays played their best baseball in that series, but you got to give credit to, to Baltimore. Um, you know, they're a really good team. Um, you know, they just they always seem to hit when they need to you know they got some big home run hitters I mean huge home run for Trumbo uh, a couple days ago uh, off Gurley and uh, ended up bringing them to the ninth inning uh, where Kim hit a huge home run but I find their all their all their hitters one through nine are all real clutch hitters yeah yeah for sure I'm uh, I agree uh, Jays definitely didn't play their best baseball they kind of you know, whittled them into the or whittled themselves into a, a bit of a tight spot going into the last series against Boston. Uh, you know, hopefully they pick it up, but uh, now is definitely the time. They kind of, you know, with only three games left, it's kind of crunch time, as uh, as they say. And um, you know, it'll be exciting either way to see uh, you know who comes out on top. I would assume that it'll be Baltimore and Toronto in the wild card game. So uh, you know, they'll be back together in in just a few days' time, I would guess. And one thing I do want to mention, Detroit 85-73 and 73 are a game and a half behind the Jays. The Jays are playing Boston the last three games of the season. Detroit is playing Atlanta for three more games. Their last three games of the season are against the Atlanta Braves, a team uh, that's at the bottom in the, in the league. Uh, Baltimore is playing the Yankees. So I say Baltimore... Uh, Baltimore is gonna is gonna put up a big fight against the Yankees. Yankees aren't gonna back down no matter what, even though they're out of it. Oh, for sure. But yeah. Detroit, Atlanta, the Jays really need to play their best baseball in this last series because that's what it's gonna come down to. Yeah, I think honestly, uh, if Toronto doesn't take two or three uh, from Boston, it, it's gonna be uh, a really tight race. Detroit, like you said, going against Atlanta, with uh, you know they're not doing so hot this year, so so they got a little bit of an easier opponent. And same with Baltimore. I mean, the Yankees, like you said, they're they're kind of out of it, so. 
Uh, even though they will put up a fight, it's not quite as important. So Baltimore's going to, you know, uh, you know, stick it to them real good. I, I would imagine, and and Toronto is probably in the tightest spot out of the three teams for sure. Yeah, and the thing with Detroit too is with the guys they have, they could make a run, no problem, especially against a team like Atlanta, that's basically at the bottom of the league with Arizona, where they haven't had a good season, and now Detroit needs to pour it on. Um, I I just don't think that. Atlanta is going to be the best spoiler, so really the Jays have to have to pour it on the last three games. What if Freddie Freeman just comes out for Atlanta and absolutely destroys the Tigers in the last series? You know, uh, he could definitely be doing us some favors as Jays fans for sure. It would be <laughs> nice, you know, if Atlanta kind of pulls a few tricks on him and, and wins the series or, or sweeps him. Uh, same with the Yankees, you know, like the Yankees are they're you know they didn't do so well this year. Gary but, Sanchez, but they're still an amazing team. Yeah, like you said, Gary Sanchez. Uh, Mark Teixeira with that uh, oh, big that grand, slam. grand slam the other night to win, and it's it's definitely going to be exciting. No matter what happens, whether the Jays make the playoffs or not, whether they win the wild card or not, whatever happens, it will be exciting for sure. So, of course, in our next segment, we'll be joined with Drew uh, or from the uh, Birds All Day podcast. It's one of the biggest Blue Jays podcasts on iTunes, so we'll have him on uh, in our next segment. We're going to... Dial off the Jays a little bit. I want to move over to the NL, where uh, it's uh, getting pretty tight. The NL is usually probably one of the uh, stronger uh, leagues or in baseball towards the end of the season. Of course, we have Washington, who has 93 wins this year. The Cubs are 101 wins, 57 losses. The Dodgers uh, climbed over the Giants this year, have 91 wins. The Giants have really fell off since the All-Star game, are just hanging in there, a game uh, in front of the St. Louis Cardinals, and a game behind the New York Mets for the uh, first wild card spot. If if Giants and Mets are in the playoffs for one game, who do you take? It's tough. I know the Giants. Is they, very they won tough. the World Series yeah. every time on wild card. Yeah, that is a tough call. You know, it is a it is an even year though. So San Francisco, they got that in their back pocket, <laughs> as they say. Um, I think it depends on who they start on the mound. Yeah. Honestly, guys like uh, Madison Bumgarner, best ERA in World Series history. Uh, you know, he's always shut down. He's always on his game. Uh, it'd be a great game no matter what. Yeah, that's just the biggest question. Who you start? Do you start Cueto or you start Baumgartner, really? Yeah. Oh, is that even a question? Well, I think it's I think it's Baumgartner. Well, with the season, well, you know, Cueto's uh, a pretty clutch pitcher, though, you know. It's, uh, he's clutch, but did you see him? When he was uh, with the with Cincinnati <laughs> against the Pirates and the crowd was getting on him, what about yeah. last year with Cincinnati That's against the Jays? With uh, KC, but Not yeah, Cincinnati. <laughs> no, yeah, but yeah, I guess I guess you're right, but I I still would. You, you think know, it's a question. Well, yeah, I don't know. Well, what did, what did Cueto do for for Kansas City last year? Well, well, that's true, but you know, you never know. He came in and crapped the bed. Everybody has off days, though. You know, he's still he's still a fantastic. Oh no, he's pitcher, a great pitcher for sure. I got lit up with, pitching with him in MLB the Show last week. Yeah, eleven to one. <laughs> I had to bring Bumgarner out of the bullpen. I was trying yeah. to win the World Series over here, yeah. uh, but definitely one team that I will be very sad if they don't make the playoffs is the St. Louis Cardinals. I, I as much as I do want the Giants and Mets to get in the postseason, I am. I just love the way the Cardinals play baseball. They're, they're not the flashiest team. They don't have uh, the biggest hitters. They don't have the biggest pitchers, although they do have good pitchers. Uh, Adam, Wainwright at the, Adam Wainwright at the top of that rotation. But a team that just finds a way to win, especially with Mike Matheny as the manager. Yeah, yeah, they always grind it out. They're always a good team to, to watch for sure. Um, I love watching them in the World Series a few years ago. 
can't remember exactly who they were playing, but uh, but it was an awesome World Series. Uh, Yadi Molina is a fun guy to watch. They got a lot of fun players. Yeah, they're kind of like the Kansas City of the National League when you think about it, where they're they don't have the flashiest, they don't have the most talent, but they're they're so good as a team, and they they just do all the baseball fundamentals. Yeah. Uh, the right way. It's definitely going to be weird not seeing them in the playoffs because they've been in there so long. Yeah, I think this this if they don't make it, I think it's the first year in I think it's what six, six or, or seven, seven years, years they least. won't be in the playoffs. First time since 2010. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so yeah, six years yeah. that they haven't been in the playoffs. Yeah, and going back to I mean they did the same thing 2011. They came in as a wild card team, won the wild card, uh, ended up winning the World Series against the Texas Rangers when they were down to their last strike. And, of course, a month ago we had Adron Chambers from that team on Around the Diamond. He spoke about it. Uh, of course, you can listen to that episode on my SoundCloud. It was the August 27th edition of Around the Diamond. So just just over a month ago uh, he talked about that. And, and Chambers, when he came on, he talked about the Cardinals organization, how they just play together as a team. They don't give up. They don't look at the standings. They It's just the way that they uh, play just gets passed on and this is a new manager and it's still stayed the same from Tony La Russa to now Mike Matheny. Yeah, they uh, they play every game, you know, one day at a time kind of thing, uh, manage each game as it as it goes along and and it you know, it always seems to work out for them. Yeah, I like like I said before, they're they're just such a a team. Like, you know, not trying to hate on the Blue Jays. I am a Blue Jays fan. They're kind of selfish hitters where they always trying to hit the long ball where these guys are just Really just looking to put it in play. Like I said, the Kansas City of the National League. Yeah. And honestly, if I could pick anywhere to play in the major leagues, I'd pick St. Louis. Really? Yeah. yeah. Beautiful ballpark. Yeah, exactly. They they're just they kinda got swagger about them, you know. They're not you know, they're not the sexiest team. They're not like a New York or a Boston, but you know, it's it's a good baseball market. They got a lot of fans and they've been in the playoffs every year since two thousand ten, you know, they're they're they'd be a good team to play for. So before we wrap this up, predictions for the National League, uh with one series left for uh, three games left uh, for all these three teams looking to make the playoffs: Mets, Giants, and Cardinals. Uh, who's who's in and who's out? We'll start off with uh, Sam. That's a tough call. I, th- yeah. I think just based on the fact that St. Louis seems to always, you know, clutch it out and, really? and make it somehow. I think I think they'll knock one of the two off. I don't know who's gonna you, get knocked. Are you out. taking my Giants out of there? <laughs> I might be. But I do think St. Louis will figure out some way to get in there. No, I think it, I think it's going to stay Mets and Giants. But uh, who wins that game? Duh, I got to take the Giants. I think I'll take the Giants too. Yeah. You don't I, trust a little Degrom? No, not as much as I don't trust Degrom. I just trust San Francisco a little bit more. Um, yeah. Like a guy like Buster Posey comes around. What every like the last every other year he comes around and wins a World Series. So yeah. uh, you know. One thing the Mets don't have is a guy like Daniel Murphy who just tore it up in the playoffs last year, and Washington has him now. So, yeah. But, I mean, of yeah. course, they have Cespedes. The Giants not only have Buster Posey, but they have another guy who likes to play pretty well in the playoffs, and that's Hunter Pence. Yeah, I know you're a big Hunter Pence guy. I love Hunter Pence. I have his T-shirt. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's going to wrap up uh, this second segment of Around the Diamond. Uh, you're listening to the October 1st edition. It's fall baseball, and coming up next, we're going to talk with Drew from the Birds All Day Blue Jays podcast. Uh, that's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 1079. All 
Hi, this is second baseman Albert Cartwright from the Ottawa Champion Baseball Club. You're listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 1079, Ottawa's new music. I'm your host, Diamond Dante. Joined with me over the phone is Drew Fairservice, the co-host of uh, the Birds All Day Blue Jays podcast, in which you can find on iTunes and on SoundCloud, Birds All Day. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. And it's always nice to have you here, Drew. First time on the show, and of course, uh, you talk Blue Jays baseball. You're very active on Twitter when talking about the Jays and have paid a lot of attention this year. So I want to ask you about uh, the last series with the Blue Jays. Your thoughts on uh, losing two in a row to the Orioles after playing good in the first game and then, of course, Osuna blowing it uh, on Kim in in the final inning. So just to start things off, going into the final three games of the season, uh, is Osuna out of, out of gas right now? I don't know that he's out of gas. I do think he was a little bit overused the uh in the last week or so i i i didn't like to see him used on uh i believe it was tuesday night yeah or, or was it, or monday night the score was in the 5-1 game we came in to get three outs in a 5-1 game which i uh, uh which could have uh, obviously gone uh better uh you know just having to use him in that instance and then you have him come back the next night pitching i believe it was his fourth time in five days and then he had that great battle with with uh, Hyunsu Kim, as you mentioned, but uh, event, you know, unfortunately, surrendering that uh, that home run. But so I, I don't know that like running out of gas, but I do think that he got a little bit overused in the last week or so, which something that tends to happen, you know, in the, at the end of the season and the playoffs, where those guys uh, back at, back of the bullpen relievers are uh, really put under a lot of pressure. And of course, now that the Jays are tied with the Orioles for uh, for first in the wild card race at this point with just a few games left on the calendar just one series i look at uh, the schedule for the jays they're playing boston the orioles are playing the yankees so it could go either way especially uh, with detroit right behind them as they're playing the atlanta braves so uh, at this point how confident are you in the jays in, in making the postseason well i mean i think it's uh, i feel confident in that um the uh the red sox aren't really playing for anything Mm-hmm. Um, they're in that same situation that the Blue Jays were last year, where they would obviously like to to make a push for the top seed in the in the American League playoffs. But the most important thing for them is making sure everybody's healthy, everybody's sharp, and uh, and rested going into the playoffs. So I don't know that you're going to see, um, you know, a full hundred pitch or whatever outing from a guy like Rick Porcello pitching on Friday night, or uh, maybe if you'll if you'll see David Price at all on Sunday. So it is an opportunity for the for the Jays to. Uh, hopefully take advantage of a team that's not quite playing at 100%. The Yankees are in a similar boat, but they have a lot of guys that are playing for jobs and playing for pride and young players who are trying to um, really make an impression while the older player, someone like Mark Teixeira, is trying to go out um, on a high note as he ends his career as a Yankee. Drew Fairservice from the uh, Birds All Day podcast here with us on Around the Diamond. And, of course, uh, just a few days ago, the Blue Jays had a big uh, bench-clearing brawl with the New York Yankees as uh, they ended up taking that series. But uh, it was a bench-clearing brawl that had a few injuries go towards the Jays. Uh, Devin Travis went out, and Joachim Benoit looks to be out for the rest of the season. Of course, uh, he's been one of the more reliable relievers uh, in the bullpen since they acquired him for Drew Storen uh, from Seattle uh, in that deal. I mean... From what you saw in the brawl, was it really right for the Jays to kind of go out and, and start this whole thing after the Yankees were just trying to get under their skin? 
I mean, it's never it's never right to get carried away and, and get into those very silly and avoidable situations, but that it came back to bite them um, with the injuries that have been suffered is not, uh, uh, that's obviously the worst case scenario. It's the worst case scenario in terms of uh, just something that you hoped, you would always hope doesn't happen, uh, and then only then to see it happen. Uh, is really unfortunate, but uh, you know, if that's, if, if you're a professional athlete and that's how you're going to get injured, uh, running out, mm. you know, running at a higher rate of speed than, than, than a slow walk as a pitcher, it's really tough to take, I think. And with Hap but, on the mound, uh, did you feel it was fair that, you know, to throw behind Headley at that point? Well, I mean, the word, the, the talk that we've heard has been that, um, Josh Donaldson had been making noise around the clubhouse saying that he felt as though the Yankees were taking liberties with him or coming up and in. So he made his position known. And then when that, when he is hit by a pitch by, by a pitch that, you know, with all, if we take off, take off our blue Jays glasses, we can see that it wasn't particularly inside it hit him, hit him in the big elbow pad. And I mean, it was obviously it was close enough to hit him, but it wasn't one that came in and it certainly did not look intentional, but Jay, have, <laughs> excuse me, Jay, <laughs> Jay, Jay Happ has to do what Jay Happ is going to do. You know, if he, if he didn't go out and quote-unquote protect his teammate, then that's something that could easily cause a different kind of issue throughout the clubhouse. So it's kind of the silly unwritten rules of baseball, and it's one of those times where it wasn't just good, harmless fun. It's something that has come back and uh, could and, and, and has impacted the Blue Jays' season so far. That's Drew Fairservice from uh, the Birds All Day podcast here on Around the Diamond. And I want to ask you about, uh, of course, we talked about the standings a little bit before uh, in this interview, but now that Baltimore and Toronto are, are tied at 87-72, and 72, if it does stay like that, Toronto and Baltimore uh, in a one-game playoff, who do you start for both teams? So uh, if it was Toronto and Baltimore? Yeah. Uh, if I have the opportunity, I want to start Jay Happ because the Orioles have struggled so badly against left-handed pitching this year. So I would definitely, uh, if given an opportunity, I would start Hap. And then if I'm the Orioles, I, I mean, what does it really matter? It doesn't <laughs> if matter. The Orioles, if you're the Orioles, you have the opportunity to start Ubaldo Jimenez. Maybe you, can, you want to do that. Again, if it's a game on Tuesday with him pitching yesterday, that would be regular rest or even an extra day. I think he's been their best starter in the uh, over the last little while and he is obviously a guy that has the blue jays number given the way that he's other than i mean he's pitched well against him i believe two starts in a row yeah. now of course he had that disastrous blow up start earlier in the year no well, i mean if you're uh, if you're the jays at that point you know you had mentioned it doesn't really matter but if you're the jays who do you want to see pitch well i mean if if you're the jays you, you obviously giovanni gallardo was a guy that who has struggled for the orioles um and the Jays finally kind of figured him out after being a similar guy to Ubaldo, where he kind of struggled a little bit for a, for a long time. But but uh, the Jays sort of solved him. Uh, Chris Tillman's, you know, probably the best pitcher that they have. But you never know what kind of stuff he's going to do. I mean, he's, he the Blue Jays just destroyed him in 2015, for example, uh, over and over and over. Uh, Wade Miley, obviously, if you're the Orioles, you want to keep him as far away from the, the, the mound as you can in a playoff game. But I mean, for me, it's it's Jay Happ. I think because he's uh, one of the one of the two best Jay starters, and he's also a tough matchup for the Orioles. And but if you need him 
on his regular rest day beat the Red Sox. Then I'm, you know, obviously Aaron Sanchez, and then maybe even Francisco Liriano again, putting a tough lefty in there against Baltimore. Seems like a good idea. And of course, we had touched on Osuna and how you know we touched on uh, if he's run out of gas at this point. But um, for example, if the Bla- if the Blue Jays do go into the playoffs, of course they use Osuna uh, last year in a lot of save opportunities. This year they've asked him to do six out, five out, f- even four out saves, uh, and he's eating up quite a bit of innings in the eighth and ninth innings. Um, are you confident enough to say Osuna? Here's the ball. Here's here's six outs. Go get it. I think you have to be again. Uh, uh, so much of it depends on what happens in the weekend series. If you have to use him two, uh, twice against the Red Sox, then uh, in this final week of the season, then I don't know that you have that that luxury. But if he's rested and you feel um, confident in your ability to to ask him to get a few more outs, uh, then then you do it. I mean, John Gibbons is in a tough situation right now where I don't think he trusts a lot of the guys that are out there. You uh, see Brett Cecil pitch very well over the last month or so, uh, becoming you know much closer to the guy that Blue Jays fans are used to seeing. But Gibby has used him very carefully, and he's you know used him to get one out or two outs here and there, um, often when he has the, the the platoon advantage. So, I mean, he, if you, if you have a slim lead and you think you're better off after getting success from Osuna, which uh, you know, just taking a quick look, he only he's only pitched two innings once this year, so okay. it would be and that was even that was only twenty two pitches, so might be a little out of character. But if you you need to win that game, right? there's no other way around. You need to win that game, and if you feel like you're better off with Osuna in the eighth and the ninth rather than Cecil and Grilly in the eighth, um, then that's what you got to do. We're gonna take a quick commercial break. When we come back. Uh, We'll be joined once again with Drew Fairservice from the Birds All Day podcast for a second segment of this interview that's all here on Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. And you're right about that. That's Drew Fairservice here with us on Around the Diamond from the Birds All Day podcast. You can check that out on iTunes and on their SoundCloud. Of course, um, I want to move over quickly uh, to the National League before we wrap things up. And and I want to ask you about uh, the pennant race over there. Of course, the AL East is getting really tight here with the Jays, Orioles, Tigers, and even uh, the Mariners. But the Mets and San Francisco Giants, along with the St. Louis Cardinals, have also put up uh, quite a big fight in this one. The Mets, 85 wins, 74 losses. The Giants are 84 and 75. St. Louis has also had a a pretty good season, 83 and 76. Out of those three teams, uh, what are your picks to make the playoffs? I mean, I the Giants have been so bad mm-hmm. uh, in the second half. They've been so bad in every possible way that you would be yeah. crazy to pick them to do anything. But there they are. They're a game up on those Cardinals, and the Cardinals have looked terrible. They can't win at home. They got a fluky win last night, uh, uh, Thursday night against Cincinnati. Uh, and the Mets are another team that's kind of been beat up with injuries, but somehow they have just scored a ton of runs. Uh, you know, it, yeah, there's so many so many factors that uh, that play in, I guess, right? Where it's, you start to think about uh, you know who are they playing against and what what can you do with the with the um, with your rotation. I mean, the Mets have it pretty easy. They're facing the Phillies, 
Uh, the Phillies have been truly spectacularly awful while the Giants are stuck with the Dodgers. Uh, again, the Dodgers are in sort of that same coast mode that we talked about the Red Sox earlier, where they're unlikely to, uh, they're not going to catch the Cubs for, for home field. Um, so they don't have too much to play for, but, uh, but it, it's going to be a tough road, a tough road for them. Well, uh, meanwhile, St. Louis is facing the Pirates and the Pirates again are playing for nothing and, and kind of having after a really uh, disappointing year for them. So, uh, you know, it's so, it sounds so corny. It's like a non-answer to say that anything can happen, but yeah, uh, obviously me personally, I'd love to see the Giants get, get in, even though the, their season has maybe not earned them a playoff spot, but if the Giants get in, uh, they've proved just a few years ago that literally anything can happen in the playoffs. So, you never want to count anybody out. It's an odd season, or it's an odd year. So the Giants, they could do the exact same thing that they've done in the last uh, five years, uh, win the championship, don't make the playoffs, win the championship, and do the same thing. Uh, but one thing I want to ask you about is Michael Saunders. Now, uh, in Blue Jays history, most times striking out in a, in a, in a Jays uh, season, Jose Canseco, Kelly Johnson in 2012, Michael Saunders has 156 strikeouts. The all-time record is 159. Uh, of course, People have kind of gone on Saunders' back as he hasn't been clutch. He does things in the most unclutch times when the Blue Jays are up by a lot or down by a lot. Um, what are your thoughts on the Saunders season? And and not only as far as I'm concerned, he's helped the Jays, but uh, he des- deserves a lot more credit than uh, has been given at least. Well, he, he had a, a great half of the season. Uh, yeah. He played at a very, 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 very high level. And as, uh, as you've alluded to, it was interesting to contrast his overall production versus his production in those times when it was needed most, when he ne- wasn't necessarily uh, delivering in those clutch or, or or what we would call high leverage situations. Second half of the season, he's been very poor. He has um, played well below um, not only what you would expect of Michael Saunders, but just well, well below average. I think on the balance, by the time of the end of the year, you know, by the, here at the end of the year, you're looking at, a season that looks like what you would expect from Michael Saunders. He's a little bit of a above average hitter and he's average at pretty much anything else. His knee kind of hurts him in the field and on the bases, but I don't think it's, it's realistic or fair to compare him, his career to what we saw in the first half of the year when everything went great. Uh, just like it's not necessarily fair to say, to look at what he's done now. But the fact of the matter is he's played himself out of being an everyday contributor who is in the middle of the order. Now he's a platoon guy with, with Melvin Upton, who's also been terrible, but, but you have to, you know, John Gibbons is sort of forced into trying to find a spark and trying to avoid a big hole in the lineup. Again, you've talked about the strikeouts where he's striking out at about 30% of the time, mm-hmm. um, which is really high. That's, you know, league average is about 21. Again, strikeouts are up. So comparing Alex Saunders to stuff that happened 20 years ago, um, he doesn't look so bad. But the fact of the matter, he struck out that many times. He's striking out a ton now. He's not really walking anymore. Uh, and more importantly, it's not hitting for power. So it's been a bit of a tough goal for Michael Saunders, but but you think, uh, you know, on, on the balance, I think what we've seen with him this year as a Blue Jay is a better reflection of who he is as a player and uh, hopefully who he could be going forward as well. And now, Drew, of course, um, a lot of people have probably not really thought of this since uh, maybe the start or the middle half of the season is uh, Edwin Encarnacion has been excellent for the Jays. He's the first player with 42 home runs and over 120 RBI since Carlos Delgado hit 42 and 145 in 2003. Now, Encarnacion has not only uh, been in the lineup every single day, but he's produced. He's hit for a good average. Uh, he's hit doubles, home runs, RBIs. At this point, we've, we've talked a lot about before uh, Bautista or Edwin. At this point, who do you sign in the offseason? 
I don't know if you have if the Blue Jays are going to have a strong choice there. I mean, that's Evan Encarnacion and Jose Bautista both earned um, their right to go to free agency. So mm-hmm. I think Edwin has uh, Edwin being younger and coming off such a strong season that he may have set himself up for a payroll that will surpass uh, yeah. Jose Bautista, which I wouldn't have expected at this time at this time last year. But uh, it's going to be it's going to be tough for the Blue Jays to keep either of those players and then it becomes a question of what kind of a team are you trying to build because the blue jays as they are right now and as we're kind of seeing here in september um they are a little bit on the older side there are a lot of guys in their 30s and how many of those do you want to have um you know in your lineup every day uh, you, you can't have uh, you know with a, with a 30 year old catcher or thir- catcher on the wrong side of 30 shortstop on the wrong side of 30 third baseman on the wrong side of 30 mm-hmm. uh, and not a lot of reinforcements coming behind it starts to become a question of is that money that you would spend on those two players not better invested somewhere else? So you feel that you know the Blue Jays need to go out in the draft and acquire some not only some young talent but draft some as well. Well, I mean it's always it's always ideal to to acquire players from the draft. It's the most efficient way to rebuild your team. But the Blue Jays have been in this very much win now mode for a couple of years, particularly last year where they really emptied the farm system. So. Um, if there's an opportunity to take on some other contracts uh, in terms of players who may have worn out their welcome or may have underperformed in other areas where they can just they've got that financial heft. Um, you know, Rogers is, is, seems willing or at least ready to spend some money. Uh, free agency isn't always the best way to spend it, but there are you can always get creative and find a way to make somebody else's wallet a little lighter and, and make your team better in the process. Well, there it is. That's Drew uh, Fairservice uh, joining us here on Around the Diamond. Thank you so much for coming on the show, and uh, best of luck to the Jays season and, and to you as well with the rest of your podcast. Of course, you can follow him on Twitter, Drew uh, Growth on Twitter, and uh, check out his podcast on SoundCloud. Birds All Day is the name. Thank you so much for joining us. Cool. Awesome. Thanks, man. That was Drew Fairsurface from the Birds All Day Blue Jays podcast, in which you can find on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Follow them at Birds All Day and on Twitter. Drew Growth is his handle. Of course, mine is Diamond underscore Dante. But coming up next, Sam and Josh will come back in the studio to talk a little National League and some Chicago Cubs, along with more Major League Baseball talk. This is Daniel Cordero from the Ottawa Champions Baseball Club, and you are listening to Around the Diamond on CKDJ 107.9. Welcome back to Around the Diamond here on CKDJ 107.9, Ottawa's new music. We are talking with Drew from the Birds All Day podcast here on 107.9, one of the best podcasts out there on the market. You can check him out on iTunes and on Twitter. Also, you can find him on SoundCloud. But now we're wrapping up uh, this show of Around the Diamond with um, a little Cubs talk. Of course, the Cubs, the best team in the major leagues, not only have uh, a lot of firepower with uh, in, in offensively, but are excellent with the pitching defensively and seem to do everything that uh, a team needs to do to win 101 wins as we're recording this podcast and uh, an excellent season for the Cubs. They act, and they uh, signed their president, Theo Epstein, to a five-year contract. Yeah, I, I'm, 
I don't really care what happens in the National League, uh, <laughs> being yeah. a, being an American League, uh, you know, a Blue Jays fan. But I would definitely love to see the Cubs do something. Obviously, the huge drought between uh, between uh, World Series wins. Uh, they're a fun, fun team to watch. They got a lot of fun young players, and and it'll be exciting to watch them. Uh, I'd love to see them go far. Yeah, I think they almost deserve a shot at the World Series. I mean, after what happened. Uh the last time they went, what was it, 2002 with the Steve Bartman incident? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, they almost deserve a shot at the World Series where they kind of had it taken away from them um, the last time they were in the playoffs. But no, they're they're such a good team. They're, they're really fun to watch. Um, they got the pitching, hitting, defense, uh, you know. I think, I think they're a tailor-made team yeah. for, for the World Series. One thing I want to mention, guys, is that... Um, they got two MVP candidates. They also have a Cy Young guy. They also have um, Aroldis Chapman. The, they have everything. They have everything. They literally, really they do. have probably the best team in the league. And the one th- and just everybody in their lineup kind of complements each other. I want to me- I want to mention that you you start off with uh, Dexter Fowler, Ben Zobris, or the, it changes so much with Joe Madden. These guys play different positions. They went on and signed Ben Zobris because he can play every outfield position and the infield. Yep. And uh, honestly, if if you asked him, he would play catcher. I'm I absolutely would, yeah. serious. Yeah. But I of course, they do have some catchers. Wilson Cateras, also uh, Miguel Montero is also a good catcher. Kyle Schwarber, when he comes back from injury, even though they do play him in left field. Uh, but this is a team with Jorge Soler, uh, Javier Baez, finally Chris Bryant. Chris Bryant's playing right field. Yeah. Not even like, not even at his. And, and I've been position. watching a lot of MLB Network, and I'll, I'll send it to Josh after this one. Uh, Chris Bryant. Having played every position on the diamond this year, except for shortstop yeah. and second base, this is a guy that, you know, guys on MLB Network, uh, like Mark DeRosa, say he's your star player. You you want that guy, pencil, you want to pencil him in at one position every single day saying he's going to give me good defense at third and he's going to hit the ball out of the ballpark. But Joe Madden just wants to throw him everywhere. Yeah, and... Like, kind of going off that, I, I used to play an MLB video game uh, where John Cruck would talk about Jose Bautista. <laughs> and, you know, he talked about him as, it's really good when your best offensive player is willing to play different positions and isn't just penciled in, because it makes the other players around him want to do that as well. I mean, like a guy like Ben Zobris, who can play all over the field uh, as well. It's it's definitely huge, and you can definitely move him around wherever you need him to go, really, because... If you have an injury in in center field, honestly, I'd I'd be the first to put uh, Chris Bryan out there. Uh, um, He's done it. Yeah, I think the nice thing about about guys like Zobrist and and Bryan is that, you know, w- even with the expanded roster, having guys like those guys, uh, you know, it, it almost gives you you know six or seven more players in a way because you can yeah. you can just slot them in anywhere and you know you'll get solid defense from them. And so as I was talking about that lineup, they have, you know, lefties, righties, switch hitters, uh, everything from down to from top to bottom. And this I think this is really like you look at the Jays lineup and the one thing that the Cubs why I think the Cubs lineup is better than the Jays is that it's the Jays is Donaldson, Encarnacion Bautista, Tulowitzki, Martin, right, 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 all right handed batters. Yeah. The Cubs, you got a switch hitter, you got t- actually two switch hitters at the top. You have a left handed hitter in, in uh Rizzo. Yep. Right-handed hitter in Des Bryant. Then you go to Russell, who's a right-handed hitter. Then you throw yeah. in another left-handed hitter. Like I mean, this is this lineup is you can't throw matchups, no. and and you got Joe Madden throwing pitchers in the left field. Yeah, you know what I mean. Uh, but quickly before we go, um, how about your thoughts on who might win the MVP uh, in terms? Because the Cubs got two guys that 
could win the MVP between Rizzo and Bryant. Who's your pick? I take Bryant. Yeah, I'd probably take Bryant. Um, just I, I I feel like that third base position, like he he moves around the diamond a bit more, um, yeah. both at third base physically, but also you know position wise, he's a bit more versatile. Uh, he, I think he brings a little bit more to the team itself. Yeah, and not to hate on Rizzo. If you lost Rizzo, there'd be like there's other guys that can play yeah, first base. Yeah, not, and and it's it. It's hard to lose a guy like Brian. I mean, if you lost a guy like Chris Bryant, what would you do, really? Yeah. With that team, just just wouldn't be the same. Bryant's swing is probably one of my favorite swings in the it's league. So he, nice. yeah, he just throws the bat out there with one hand, and yeah. it smooth just goes and very smooth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's gonna wrap up this October first edition of Around the Diamond. I want to thank uh, Sam for coming on. I also want to thank Josh. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Yeah, for, thanks for having us on. Yeah. So these are two first-year students that love the game of baseball and made their first uh, appearance on a talk radio show here on CKDJ 107.9. We'll be on uh, next week, Saturdays and Sundays at 6. You can check out my SoundCloud for past episodes, uh, Diamond Dante Audio, and you can follow myself on Twitter, Diamond underscore Dante. Thank you so much for listening to the October first edition of Around the Diamond. We'll see you next week.